Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now, but I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. Hi, my name is Chris, and along with Jeff, we talk about movies that aren't really awful at all. Horror, action, kung fu, musicals, post-apocalyptic, women in prison films, and much, much more. downtown Toronto headquarters. Here's episode 246, Reefer Madness, a special episode of the Really Awful Movies podcast. Canada recently became the second country in the world to legalize marijuana. So... Mary Jane. Yes. The devil's lettuce. <laughs> the what devil's are, weed. What other euphemisms are there for referring uh, to marijuana? Too many to, to, yeah. to even contemplate. And what we're going to do is usher in this new era of legislation and uh, the jettisoning of prohibition surrounding this product and we're gonna watch the infamous reefer madness while we engage in something that is now legal yeah. to be doing which is interesting we're gonna we're gonna watch reefer madness and get stoned yeah at the moment you and i are so-called sober yeah we have sober as a judge so which is weird because a lot might, of i think you're a bit hungover I, no that was the night before oh, but okay, sorry, i always thought but... the phrase sober as a judge was odd because a lot of uh, judicial types are known for their heavy drinking not look, at, the, look at brett kavanaugh <laughs> yeah not, not to the extent of like journalists that's the number yeah. one heavy drinking profession but mm-hmm. judges are notorious for having a, like a you know, doing the Don Draper uh, belt of scotch and you know at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're we're so you know we're le- so I just want level headed right now, yeah, but we won't be in a moment or two. So I just want to preface because this movie is a public domain and b on Amazon Prime. So I have Amazon Prime. So I'm about to press play, and we're gonna watch the movie, smoke pot. And comment as we watch. So if you want to play along with us, by all means. If you have Amazon Prime, or if you have a public domain copy, or yeah, I'm sure. It's and we're not YouTube. advocating that you break the law. If you no, I'm not saying in such a jurisdiction. I'm not saying play along weed with us. Is illegal. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. Say, I wasn't <laughs> no, going to say spark up a joint. I was going to say yeah. just watch the movie along with us. I will say too that this movie runs for an hour and five minutes. I'll probably fast forward through a few parts. Okay. Um, I've seen it before. It's really not that good. It's crazy in a sort of anachronistic way. This is how they perceive the threat of marijuana in the, you know, whatever, 30s or 40s yeah. or 50s. And 
you know, this sort of cautionary mental hygiene tale of like what would happen to you if you smoked the devil's lettuce. So, yeah, I think now is a good time to press play in the movie and then spark up right going. Yeah. What do you say, Chris? Sounds good. Oh, and by the way, if this gets a little silly, we apologize. At least we have an excuse for it this time, right? <laughs> Off Color Films presents. Reefer Madness. Formerly Tell Your Children. So it was it was released as Tell Your Children and then re-released as Reefer Madness. Okay, well as the credits are going, Chris, I'm gonna light up. We're okay. smoking um I well, tell you, the, the 1080p is really bringing out the uh, the sparkling cinematography here. <laughs> it's just credits at the moment. Here we go. These are the same orchestral swells that occur in every movie that was made in the 1940s, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Dorothy Short is married. I wonder if she's, uh, if her stature fits <laughs> matches her, her name. So what do we know about this? Not a heck of a lot. I mean, obviously this was, well, it's the incidents and characters between this motion picture are purely fictional and ah, fuck this. We don't need this stupid uh, preamble. The motion picture you're about to witness may startle you. I am now passing the joint to Chris. It would not have been possible otherwise to sufficiently emphasize the frightful toll of the new drug menace which is destroying the youth of America in alarmingly increasing numbers. Marijuana with an H. I love when it's called <laughs> an H is that drug a violent narcotic an unspeakable scourge the real public enemy number one chris are you going to be are you going to turn violent any moment now uh well would i tell you if i were its first effect is sudden violent uncontrollable laughter then come dangerous hallucinations space expands time slows down doesn't space always expand that's that's what makes it space true okay yeah and my, we're taking like quibbles with this forward i mean Fall. we should be grateful how often do you get a chance to have a forward in a movie the loss of all power well star wars of course to resist physical emotions <laughs> leading fun to acts of shocking violence this can end in me killing you or vice versa in oh boy i'll just i'll sit over here okay as far away oh sorry here there you go so we're supposed to you're supposed to pass a joint, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, indeed. Okay. This is based into real research of marijuana addiction. Yeah, right, it was. No, I think this was like um, a roadshow pick, you know? Mm -hmm. That they would basically take around from city to city, and there were a lot of these movies back in the day where they would try and... Like a Bob Hope roadshow? No, no, or no. Was no. a different... No, it was a road trip movie, I guess. That's a road trip movie. Okay. I'm talking about Bob Hope and uh, was it Bing Crosby? Bing or, Crosby, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what was the name of some of the movies? Um, some of the road pictures. I don't know what they were, but... They, they used to pair them on Family Guy quite a bit. Yeah. Dope peddlers got in high school. Police wage war. Police raid marijuana flat. Would this be a marijuana flat? Because it's my apartment where it's hot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, back in the day, there were a lot of these so-called mental hygiene films made, and what they were meant to do was to use hyperbolic tactics to scare kids into behaving properly. 
and oftentimes too, they would sell these films to the parents and sort of see this film as a cautionary tale. So what could happen hmm. to your kid if he was to, let's say, smoke marijuana or drink alcohol or have premarital sex? So a lot of these involved early teen pregnancies. So right now we actually have, this is a yeah, parent-teachers uh, association meeting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's sounding the uh, the clarion call for the you know the scourge of marijuana. marijuana. So we we are both uh, I would say uh, capable uh, students right in our day A A students. So would your mom have gone to a parent teachers association uh, or parent teachers meeting? Because that always filled me with dread. Like how how your teachers report on how little Chris is doing. She stopped going when I was in high school. Mm. So she went when I was in junior high, but then she stopped. She was too busy to go anyway. A single mother, you know? But yeah, so getting back to these mental hygiene films. So there were these films that were purported to be educational films about teen pregnancy. But the whole excuse was to show a live birth. So it really was an exploited movie. And... So they're showing a live birth, and they're showing obviously the vagina on screen in the 50s with a baby coming out. And obviously that is not a sexy scene. That's repulsive. But because... You describe the miracle of childbirth, Leslie? No, I, I hear what you mean. You know, yeah, it make me woozy. I'll never forget when they showed us a live birth in sex ed. Did that ever happen to you when you were in high school? Uh, it doesn't ring a bell, but yeah, it must have. We were about... It was about grade 7, and I was about 14. That horrified me. But anyway... People would go see these movies so they can actually see the pubic area of a female, which huh. you could not show. Even the nudie cuties at the time you could not show the pubic area. They could show the breast, but that's it. So they would they would see the pubic area on screen, and then they would see a baby being born. And then there was all this hackney story, either shoehorned before or in the middle or after whatever, about young... Betty Sue was 19 and she got knocked up and this is the result what you're about to see is a true story but just like the way we from Madison started now they're showing us how they cultivate the plant that's a pretty good, great uh, roller I don't think technology's really improved so much since uh, that I mean that's not altogether different from that's a better what, rolling machine than what I got that's, that's terrific yeah. here you go man thank you so when I say roadshow what the producers would do is they would it was, it was like a touring <coughs> Touring, um, I don't know how to call it, uh, touring production Excuse of me. these films instead of, because it couldn't be shown in regular cinemas because of the transgressive material display, that being the pubic hair of a woman, they would set these up and they would often show them in tents. And oh, a, a traveling like, revival, a tent indeed, revival. that's what I mean by roadshow pick. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing they would do, see, these, these were like great producers along the lines of like your David F. Friedman's or your William Castle's, like real sort of like carny folk, like hucksters, etc. Is, yeah, so as not to get arrested, they would say this is an educational thing. And they would have local actresses, they would hire as nurses to hand out pamphlets about, you know, how to avoid teen pregnancies and yeah. so on and so forth. And so this film we're watching now, Reefer Madness, fits right into that um, mental hygiene touring sort of movie. Um, so far, this guy's been prowling off for five minutes. Well, I'm thinking, oh, we've got to really do the tingler, right? Like, when are we going to delve into Castle? There we have. House on Haunted Hill. Oh. Mm-hmm. But we'll do more. Anyhow, um, 
getting back to uh, Reefer Madness. So when it's a formally tell your children, that strikes me as the fact that this would have been one of those roadshow films aimed to parents like, oh my God, tell your children about the scourge of this drug, marijuana. Hmm. But then it got retitled as Reefer Madness and it's become a cult film and people watch this hey. film because it's such an anar- oh, uh, I say anarchistic, no, anarchistic yeah. display of what marijuana actually does. I mean... We're still enjoying this joint right now, and we've yet to re- we've yet to have any violent tendencies. Mm-hmm. But then again, it might take 15 minutes to go into our bloodstream, so there's still a chance I may bludgeon you within an inch of your uh, life. But you know, we'll see. By again, the way, one would hope with all the horror films we've seen, neither the other person wouldn't see it coming, right? I mean, one would only hope. I mean, my God. Nobody goes into a violent rage from smoking. Maybe maybe not. Maybe... Because this is about marijuana with an H. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a different marijuana. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Several letters over. For us, it's marijuana with a J, perhaps. That curtailed the violent tendencies and the other hyperbolic, ridiculous they were talking about in the preamble and the crawl. So what's happening here, then? Okay, so we're being introduced to a woman, because I've seen this before, so I can kind of remember, who's got a stable life, a husband, mm. but she has a secret. And when, yeah, her, when it's her, in her, it's in her tights. <laughs> she leads a double life. Or I could be wrong. It looks like they're about to have a dinner party. I'm turning, you want me to turn, turn it, it off a little? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, see? I'm like, why is my volume not working? I have the wrong converter. Hmm. This is unbelievably stilted. I tell you, this has a lean runtime, but it's, it's gonna, heavily padded. It's gonna, it's gonna feel. This is, like I said, this movie is an hour in length. It's gonna feel like three several. Hours. Hmm. Um, well, by the way, Ralph, I started getting a little party Saturday afternoon over at my grandmother's. You know the place for the swimming pool? Like to come? Do men of their vintage invite my mother to their grandmother's pool party? Is that what it was? Oh, yeah. pool party? It seems a little that that's suspect. Odd. That's an odd conceit. Yes. <laughs> Unless that's called for a marijuana party mm. with an H. That's the one I was telling you about. Very nice. Oh, he does yeah, if you avoid using uh, uh, I was sorry, I was gonna say contemporary colloquialisms, you, you will never sound dated. So uh, in, in no way will I be fleek or lit or anything, you know? Because then should I risk sounding like someone who would say swell all the time? The funny fleek. thing about fleek is that Yes, you will be dated, but it's already dated. It is no, dated? I, this is fleek anymore. Oh, I'll say out and fleek a foot a little fast. No, that's okay, sorry. Yeah, I roll there, but yeah, so what does fleek mean then? I think it means like you're on point, like everything is, you know, like you're sharp, you're good. So meek middle is fleek. This has got to be, this is too loud. There's not, not really, a, you know... Neil Simon crackling, uh, you know, banter here that we're missing. So no. Would you like some? Would you want? Do you want to kill this joint, Chris? Um, yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. 
Oh, oh no, I think I'm gonna pop. <laughs> I changed my mind. Chris, Chris is uh, a little bit stoned. That's okay. I am too. That's all. Oh, here's here's the some of the here's uh, the tele telegraphing some of the f infamous kinetic, frenetic, crazy t tinkling of the ivories. Yeah, the effects of marijuana. So this is not his grandmother's party. This is a marijuana party. Oh man. This is a hip and happening place where people are listening to. Oh like, look, there's like a there's like a, a, a malt shop. shop. Yeah, a single malt shop. <laughs> God, it's, it's like he's like pops from Archie's comics. Tie and everything. It's literally a malt shop with a piano. Got to admit, standards of dress have really deteriorated. These yeah. guys are very very sharp looking. Sharp dressed men, would you say? Yeah, I would indeed. Were ZZ Top sharp dressed men, or did they just sing about being sharp dressed men? They did. But were they, do you, you think they were sharp dressed themselves? Uh, oh, yeah, they were very dapper gentlemen. Yeah. The beards were not too unruly. <laughs> no? Okay. Oh, so these man. guys are hopped up on something. It's, if it's not goofballs. Well, the I gotta say, the parties in the 1920s were way better than this. Why? Because of the uh, the flappers, the flappers, and the, and the Charleston, and, and like better better jazz, the jazz age, yeah, weak I mean, weak ass uh, juke joint pseudo piano that's going on here. Yeah, great Gatsby esque sort of yeah. type things. Yeah. Okay, so a guy is now smoking a joint as if it's I don't even know. Like he's got this Preston Sturgis kind of hair, and he's puffing weed in the closet. Yeah, but you can't smoke a joint like that. He's smoking it with this maniacal grin, and it, I don't know. That was that was. Ooh. He's, he's uh, cupping it in his hands like it's... Yeah, they actually, at, at this point, they, they're very reticent to actually show a joint. Have you noticed mm -hmm. that? They uh, show them being rolled in that sort of educational part, just like the typical roadshow type things. But they actually haven't shown a close-up of it within the narrative. And that could be a whole standards and practices thing. But what's weird is... Uh, um, yeah, I guess when when I was last coming down here to podcast, mm -hmm. it happened to be the day that the legislation passed in Canada, and in the park by your house, they had a 420 event, and okay. you said you wanted to meet at 430, uh, and I didn't know this thing was really taking place, so was, uh, there were more people in the park than normal, and there was a DJ set up, and people were handing out uh, various uh, products, and at 420, there's a, a, a spate of... Uh, journalists on hand, TV journalists, everyone, national news, local Toronto news, and uh, all, all the ink slingers there. And I was unfortunately uh, shown on camera puffing away. Well, uh, and well, unfortunately, like, uh, obviously, I wasn't captioned. Like, I'm not crazy enough to speak to the media about it and be on on record about having some opinion. But I was definitely on one of the newscasts. And I did not intend to be. And of all the people that were there, I was the least... I mean, someone handed me a J, and I had like one puff, and then all of a sudden I'm on the, potentially the national news. Like, this is not what I bargained for. Like, I'm not by any means, by any stretch, uh, like a, a, one of these weed heads. Like, I don't particularly like the culture that much. You know what I mean? I yeah, think yeah. you feel similarly. Like oh, we, I we enjoy it, but it's it's almost like uh, like IPA, uh, independent brewery, microbrewery snobbery. Like it, I, I love microbrewers, but I don't want to prattle on and on about the, you know the, 
whatever, the nose and the head and all that crap, you know, and the amber tones of, of you know, it's, I'm not interested to that extent. <coughs> Sorry, this, this is one, one episode of the podcast where we'll, we will not be ending out the coffee. Yeah. yeah. But exactly. Um, it's funny because I am, I don't know if I want to say this. No, maybe I shouldn't. Well, I'm smoking weed on a podcast, so I guess I'll just say it. I'm a stoner. I'm a pothead, right? Mm. But for me, it's it truly is medicinal. A lot of people, um, they claim, oh, it's I'm going to go medicate or whatever, and therefore I'm going to smoke my pot because I need it for this. Yeah. I mean, for, but for a lot of people, it truly is medicinal. And for me, well, this is the first time I'm ever revealing this on the show. And I'm revealing it for two reasons. Number one, because I'm stoned. And number two, because nothing is happening in this movie <laughs> for us to... But, but yeah, I, I have um, MS. I have multiple sclerosis. And I've had it since I was 16. And what helps me when I'm feeling symptoms or symptomatic is THC, yeah. marijuana. So I have... So when it was legalized... For me, it was no big deal because I already had a card from the government allowing me to smoke medicinal marijuana and purchase medicinal marijuana. We're now smoking government weed, which I bought straight from our government. I love that phrase. I know, it's like government cheese, right? Oh, or government mule. Like, uh, like this, uh, you're beaten like a rented mule or beaten like a government mule. There's a pretty it. cool jam band called Government Mule. Yes, yeah. I really I enjoyed them. Mm. They're, yeah, some of the members of the Allman Brothers were in that band. True enough. But anyhow, so... I never work intoxicated. I, n- I will never smoke. If I anytime I'm teaching, I will never smoke. Yeah. Beforehand, because um, I gotta be very loose in my job. But sometimes I get very symptomatic, and coming home, I feel pretty much like I want to die. And mm. and then I smoke a joint, and I actually feel good. And I was offered. When I was diagnosed, I was offered a course of treatment, which were daily injections, which would have cost something a lot. I didn't have private insurance at the time, right? But it would have cost something like $10,000 a month. So I had to get Trillium, which is a plan here in Ontario where they um, help you with um, high drug costs, right? But then, so I got a Trillium, but then I started looking at the injections and I thought, Holy shit! The side effects are worse than the disease. Mm. And I did, and I started asking, like, doing some research. I'm like, these injections. I mean, they may slow down or stave the progression of the condition, but at what cost? Mm. It's like it's gonna cost. It's gonna take away my um, quality of life. And then I discovered that pot actually helps me. So. I, I, yeah, I smoke a lot of pot, but I hate potheads, and I yeah. hate the pothead culture. I I feel similarly about cycling. I, I was uh, biking to my job daily. Cyclists piss me off to no end. They're arrogant. They're they're incredibly. Here's uh, a phrase, Speaking of being prone to violence, I'd say cyclists are more than anyone smoking marijuana. But if you cut one off in traffic through no fault of your own, they will go after you frequently with a bike lock. You know, like st- uh, smash on your windshield, like they're unhinged, and I can't, I can't stand them. But I'm an advocate for city cycling, so just not certain kinds. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like, oh, the other there's day, a certain subculture that's particularly obnoxious the, with, the with other weed. Day, the other day, we're talking about cyclists. The other day, I saw a cyclist 
narrowly get hit by a bus because the cyclist wasn't paying attention. Oftentimes, they feel that they could do whatever the heck they want. Yeah. And the bus driver had to slam on the brakes. He was interested in hitting him, and he honked his horn to alert the cyclist, right? This arrogant, probably um, hippie granola bar-eating stoner cyclist, instead of saying thank you for... Not, sparing my life yeah, not making me a, a, a fucking splatter uh, a Rorschach blot in the yeah. <laughs> yeah. made this calm down calm down gesture to the bus oh. driver for honking their horn brutal relax in other words he was chastising him for being too aggressive when he actually nearly saved not nearly he saved the guy's life unbelievable Un- oh. I was just thinking uh the first time I smoked weed, okay. well, well, I was in New York State uh, at some kind of uh, conference that had a bunch of different students from throughout the states and Canada. Why I was going to this, I couldn't tell you. Were you in New York, New York State of Mind or were you in New York? I was in some state of mind. Okay. But uh, yeah, so uh, this was a group of students uh, from different schools again. And we all met and there was teachers and chaperones and uh, we were... We were uh, put up by local families and stuff, so we were divided into groups of three, and we stayed with local families who boarded us for the duration of this thing. And there was a party in the evening, and uh, a bush party. There's uh, the flames were going, and of course the weed was going around. I was 16 years old. It came to me, and uh, I known about the mystique uh, hell when I was 11 I knew about this movie Reefer Madness through movie books I was all, very enticed and wanted to try it for a long time I did it uh, I did inhale on like oh, Bill Clinton oh, oh. and oh here we go yep. uh, breaking it out of the party yep so you know, if you want a good smoke try this here. try this so all the, the denizens of this party are finally puffing but yeah I smoked it and I felt nothing because you didn't inhale you said no no I did inhale okay. uh, but it was yeah, I think the first time you don't really get anything That's out of it. That's common for most people's experience. Yeah. I didn't feel anything either the first time either. So what was the context of yours? Oh, I got to say, I did I did a public performance I'm not too proud of at this conference. I've never told anyone this, which is really weird. Uh, they had a talent night. So we're both making revelations. We are making revelations. They had a talent night. And I, for some reason, uh, I went up, and I don't know, my friends goaded me into doing this, but I did, I, I performed a guitar piece oh, in okay. front of, let's say, 300 people. Nice. I played an acoustic version of, well, this is a song that uh, Eddie Van Halen wrote for his baby when he was born. He wrote, it's a lullaby. It's a nice piece on an acoustic guitar. It's, it's, I forget the date, but it's the date his son Wolfgang was born. Okay. So that's the title of the song. I performed this. It has wait, the song is called the song is called the birthday to whatever, oh, okay. like three fifteen or three fourteen, whatever. Yeah, it was. I've never heard this song. And uh, well, I, 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 uh, some crappy Sammy Hagar thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I performed this thing, and the, there's a part at the end when uh, you play these harmonics on the top of the neck, and my hand was shaking, but I, I did it. It was really cool, and people really liked it. Uh, a friend of mine suggested we play another piece. So that got a really a good reception. Uh, and he suggested we jam 
on electric. So I grab an electric and we start doing this impromptu jam. This was later in the talent show. And it was not good. Like I was doing something. I forget what I was playing, but it was not good. And then I switched into the Star Spangled Banner. Oh my God. And it was bad. Like it was really bad. And at this point I needed like a vaudeville hook. Because I was like, no, it wasn't like the notes weren't there, but it was very so tepid. you trying to like a Jimi Hendrix song. Yeah, it was, song, yeah, right? yeah, it was <laughs> was really bad and I could start to see the audience like turn as I had not really played publicly for people before except to accompany plays so I would do the soundtrack to a play or I would play in the orchestra but never by myself with all eyes on me and this was yeah there was starting to get the coughs you know in, in, the, in the audience and it was it was, it was <laughs> so this was I forget where in upstate New York it might have been like Schenectady or something and I was just my like, question is does video footage of this no exist? no no oh my lord <laughs> can you imagine what would have happened now in the oh camera phone YouTube I, I, era you would, I, I, you would have gone viral dude in my defense I, I was I pulled myself off the stage fairly quickly and said my thank yous and I, I pulled the other guitarist off who was playing the acoustic and I was thinking about that, and it bothered me for years later, like two to three years later, to the extent that I don't, I'm not sure I could perform publicly, musically. I did for the first time maybe last summer, where I did some singing with a friend, and we did uh, Long, Long Black Veil, and did some Bob Dylan, and actually sang to about 30, 40 people who were walking by in the park. Wait, so, so you're telling me all the uh, karaoke that you did when... Like, karaoke is one thing, like, but that's not like and, okay. the standards for karaoke are abysmally low. So if you can go out and belt "Islands in the Stream" halfway as good as Kenny Rogers, people are gonna love you. And they're everyone's drunk. So you're but telling I mean, me when I entertain people, my <laughs> mellifluous rendition of "No More Mr. Nice Guy," they're just humoring me, then because they seem pretty damn entertaining. <laughs> Oh my god. But uh, yeah, I have no trepidation about doing that because it's a like-minded, uh, completely inebriated audience of with people with low standards. Yeah. But my, my first performance was so good and the expectations would have been more for my second and oh my god, that was, that was just bad. Was, I, I feel so badly when things go wrong musically for bands and that and you're just, uh, every eye is on you. Mm -hmm. So what what is happening here? So the party, uh, the the grandmother is interrogating the granddaughter about her change in behavior. Um, possibly. Or her mother. It's funny. Back in the day, like teens looked a lot older, and I don't know if they were actual teens that they were casting, or but they they looked a lot like a sixteen year old in a movie that was filmed in nineteen forty looked a lot older than a teen, a six year old in the movie today. It's true. Well, I guess they had some more gravitas in their and in their appearance, and that, and also the fact that this is black and white, so it's not mm. as you can't be as youthful. But definitely, when you dress like an adult, then it, it you know confers adulthood. I guess one would hope. Even the little kids in this movie are wearing blazers. Mm. So here we are at the what is this? The Ministry of Justice. So the, oh oh it's the FBI. So would Diego Hoover be in the building somewhere? Ooh, or was, yeah. was he already dead at this point? No, I'm not sure. It's like, was he trying on his fishnets in the back room? Doctors find some way to put an end to it. Of course, I agree with you, Well, Chris, I'm uh, considering spark up another joint. I don't know if you want. Yeah, I'm game. Okay, cool. Yeah. I kind of feel that we're doing a bit of a disservice to this movie because we're just talking about personal anecdotes. So, you know, before I get too high, before I 
have another one. You asked me about the context of my first yeah, time yeah. playing marijuana. Let's, let's, yeah, get the continuity. Um, okay, so I was, I was a nerd, okay? I didn't dabble in anything um, in my preteen years. So when they would say just say no, I actually believe it, just say no. You know, all the presentations we were forced to do about drugs and stuff. Did you ever do an anti-drug presentation? Oh, yeah. I think that was uh, de rigueur when in you're a rebellious uh, libertarian when you're 16. It's like, well, you legalize it, man. And you come up with these hacks. Oh, no, I'm talking arguments. about you had, to, you, made a, you had to do a presentation in health class about oh, about the, oh, oh, no, no. For you. no I, I remember doing one at crack cocaine. Oh, wow. I, I did the opposite in politics class. But, yeah, I, I remember those all too well. well. It was health class. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, well, no. So, anyhow, that was the dominant theme in the 80s just say no yeah nancy Reagan's just say no um or dare remember that one dare to keep the kids off drugs yeah now those shirts are worn ironically you exactly. see them all the time exactly and i equated marijuana with every other drug i mean every a, a drug was a drug was a drug that's the end of that right nowadays i you know i, I don't think marijuana has ever been classified as an illicit substance but that's i digress anyhow so, I had a friend, he was my, I guess he was saying he was my, he was my oldest friend, uh, and through him I met another mutual friend of ours, Mike Spivak, but his name was Jonathan, and we grew up together, and we went to the same school, and then, this was Hebrew school, I went to public school, Jonathan stayed in Hebrew school. Well, ironically, you become more of a delinquent in Hebrew school than you do in public school because all that happens all the when you're... the structures and all the... No, the, no, no. Well, there's that, yes. Yeah. But what is... What is um, part of the cultural... Um, right of passage of my generation is... At, or my generation, my religion, or my is after your bar mitzvah, you become a deadhead. Oh, that, yes, yeah. So there, that's what happens in Hebrew school. You become... A, you start listening to the Grateful Dead... And in order to like their god-awful uh, noodlings, Tepid jam rock. <laughs> you have to ingest some sort of substance, such as marijuana or LSD or other things that my friends were starting to, unbeknownst to me, my Jewish friends, were starting to experiment with. I'm innocently at public school just being a nerd with no friends while you were probably smoking cigarettes mm-hmm. behind the, you know, the lunch yeah. room or whatever. Uh, I'm just going to get some water. Do you want sure. some water? Yeah, that would be, be delightful. We're going to keep rolling while yeah. we... Uh, All right, I'll be right back. Talk to our listeners about the movie. Well, I remember. Well, we have a, a guidance counselor here, Dr. Carroll, and the uh, the authority figures at this particular uh, high school are, I guess, uh, being ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, dealing with a potential delinquency. I guess that would have been the term at the time. So high school juvenile delinquency. And they're warning that there's a epidemic, uh, there's something going on in, in class that they should be well, look at really this worried about. It's like Elaine Bennis that's dancing. Mm. So that you can't, I mean, you gotta be on some sort of goofball to do that, right? I just totally put you on the spot there. It was just hilarious. Mm. <laughs> no, fair enough. We're, we're uh, trained uh, professional broadcasters and we're, uh, you know, we're happy to speak extemporaneously on any to- topic. Mm-hmm. So, getting back to my first experience. So, Jonathan and I, we started seeing each other much more sporadically because we were going to different schools. But when we would get together, you know... And by seeing one another, you mean in platonic sense, of course. we were young lovers. Hanging out, exactly. In, in yeah, the ancient exactly. Greek sense. No, okay, you were buddies, all right. Yeah, so we made plans, because Jonathan, because he was becoming this deadhead, and he was, he was getting also the music of Pink Floyd. 
and he turned me on to Pink Floyd because we were hanging out one day and he said come you know we're just walking around whatever doing what kids do because we used to go outside you know gasp that's what kids used to do at the age of 14 we would just walk around and find things to do and he said come back I have this amazing tape I want you to watch with this band called Pink Floyd and I was like I never wanted to listen to Pink Floyd because I was such a good kid a good clean kid all I knew about Pink Floyd was that they were a band of druggies I thought they were all just druggies and here in Toronto, we had this thing called, uh, we had, well, the Benjamin Hayward incident. Do you remember that? I remember a concert goer uh, fell into Lake Ontario after a, a Pink, Pink Floyd, Floyd show and drowned. Because he took acid. Yeah. And see, the thing is, in my community, in the Jewish community, it's because Benjamin Hayward was Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody seemed to know Benjamin Hayward in some sense. He was either my friend, it was like Jewish geography, you know, yeah. like six degrees of Benjamin Hayward. I, I never knew Benjamin Hayward, right? Um... So I associated Pink Floyd with drugs, Benji Hayward, all these bad things. Plus, I also thought it was a person named Pink Floyd. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I go back to Jonathan's. This is so. I'm, this is a totally digressive story, but whatever. You know, you're following me, right? Yeah. Went back to Jonathan's. Um, these guys are puffing. There's still a lot of piano playing in this movie. <laughs> Way too much piano playing. Yeah. Which is supposed to indi- indicate being on some sort of marijuana-induced psychosis, but it's, anyway. No, it indicates that the no, no, not exactly Oscar Peterson is playing piano here. It's just really bad piano. Okay, okay. continue. Got, anyway, got some cops here. Yeah. Um, so Jonathan uh, popped in Pink Floyd, Delicate Sound of Thunder, um, and I was blown away. I was I became a fan of this, like really, really fast. So as I started delving into the world of Pink Floyd, we made plans for the planetarium, or as South Park viewers were known as planetarium. <laughs> Remember that episode? Yeah. Um, to watch Laser Floyd in 3D. That was some. That was what we did when we were 14, 15. We would go to the planetarium and watch these cool ass laser shows. And yet we didn't become Neil deGrasse Tyson or, or Carl Sagan. Well, but that's because we weren't. You would go to see the stars on a school field trip. Or a boy yeah. with your family, but going in the evening to see, I dude, I even saw Laser Genesis, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw every, I saw Laser Zeppelin. I saw Laser. This was anyway, good they, times. But that yeah. even even laser if you're not in a fugue drug state, <laughs> I love the fugue the term. But even that, like that, it's it's hypnotizing, it's psychedelic, and it's a weird experience. It's an out of body kind of experience. Well, I remember, it almost doesn't need drugs. I remember Jonathan saying that one of the reasons he likes to go is because he can listen to the music really loud. Because apparently at home his parents would not allow him to listen to. Loud. So you, anyway, oh, I would go often without using. I didn't do drugs, right? Yeah. And my we were gonna go so I could enjoy the lasers and the music in sync. Well, we got there a bit early, and who do I see there? A friend of ours from school. A mutual friend, someone who we're still friends with to this day. Okay. Shall I out him? No. Okay. okay. Yeah, continue. <laughs> um, and I said, hey, what's up? And then all of a sudden, him and Jonathan start talking because they were sort of into the same subculture, and they sort of knew each other. And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, they're, and all of a sudden, we're walking to an alley, and... This mutual friend of ours, I really want to say his name, starts, he's got a glass bottle, and he starts seeing a lighter, and he's brewing bots. So it's hash, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, we're in an alley doing drugs. What the fuck? What am I doing here? Like, I literally felt like I was in some sort of, like, nightmare, yeah. you know? So I was about to say his name, did his bod, brewed up another one for my friend Jonathan. I'm already, like, aghast that Jonathan's doing drugs. The guy I grew up, I knew since he was eight years old, right? 
And then it's passed to me. And I said, you know what? What the hell? I'll try anything once. And I partook. And I think I did another one after that. And then we went in, we watched Laser Dark Side, and I'm waiting for this drug to kick in. And at certain points, I'm trying to convince myself that it's working. Oh, yeah, yeah, for you know? sure. Oh, that looks a bit weirder, a bit different. But honestly, I didn't feel anything. It wasn't until my fourth use of cannabis that I started to feel something, be like, okay, I get it. I sort of get where people are coming from with this. But here's the irony. It's not really irony, just more humor. Um, so that's my first experience with drugs, right? I had never thought in my life I would ever, ever, ever be one of those people. And I woke up and the first thought, Chris wants to spark it up. There you go, my friend. My first thought was, I can't believe I did drugs. And I was so racked with guilt that you just took one token. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll play up again. I was so racked with guilt that I, I don't know. I was, I was just beyond. And why that day? I don't know. Because I'm the older brother. I remember it was Mother's Day. It was the day before Mother's Day. I'm lying in the grass in my little bubble of guilt, and my grandmother walks up me out of the blue and goes, Your booby? My I interrupted your bubble? My Hungarian grandmother walked in my bubble and said, Jeffrey, I need you to talk with your sister about the dangers of drugs. Because you would never do it. And she might, because my sister was always cooler than I was growing up. So imagine being told that the day after you finally did drugs and can't believe it because you've turned a corner, you can never go back. Yeah. Once I did drugs, I could, you know. It's, it's, it's so interesting how much, like from that time to now, the, how, uh, to quote B.B. King, like the thrill is gone in terms of the procurement. As we used to devote hours in search of this stuff to be able to get it. And you would plan your night sometime around who had so, oh, what are you doing Friday? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I got to see, you know, person X at around 7 because he'll have his shit. And then I'll be able to do this to go do that. Now you can't oh, walk forgot. two city blocks in Toronto without smelling it. Mm -hmm. like, you Speaking don't... of smell, I forgot to turn on my uh, air purifier. Oh, my God. So I forget. The, uh, sorry, wait, I apologize for the ambient noise, but I don't want to bother my neighbors with the smell. So it purifies here. Or is that too loud? You know what? It might be. Can you turn it down a sec? Forget, Forget the neighbors. I'll just smoke. Anyway, go on. Oh, just, uh, it's just, it was such a interesting, like, uh, rush to be able to score it. Even more so when the source was unknown to you. Uh, I was, I was buying drugs downtown. Uh, it was hash. Yeah, me too. Off but this, off this guy. Uh, you knew the guy? No. Okay. I, I was walking, uh, Young Street. Of course, we're all well, the best that, things happen gonna, right downtown. You're going to lead me into another story in a moment, but anyway. And this guy said, you want anything? And he said, sure. We go, uh, he says, it's going to be such and such an amount. I go to my ATM. Uh, he puts the stuff in my pocket. So sorry, because, I, I mean, essentially, we have to talk about this movie. Somebody just punched another person, and we have to assume that was under the influence of marijuana. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a violent crazy. outburst. Anyhow, yeah, this this guy put some stuff in my He's pocket. He's done too, which is kind of bizarre. But anyway, go on. Uh, he he puts the stuff in the pocket in my pocket that I was just gonna buy, and I was gonna like I reached my hand in so I could uh, you know actually see the wares before I purchased it. Yeah, I'm still good. Again. I'm still good. Oh, is it still lit? Okay. And 
uh, this guy took umbrage with me having my second thoughts, like my cold feet about my purchase. He says, okay. what are you doing? You, you, you backing out? Or I forget the extent. And you're probably buying like a gram, right? Exactly. I, I don't know probably what I was buying. Bucks. And he says, you backing out on me? And I said, oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. I was just like stammering. And he says, see those guys over there? And he points out the door of the, uh, the bank. So somebody's... Yeah. He, oh, and um, okay. was just like he says, see those two guys over there? Because mm-hmm. if you don't give me this, that money, they're going to fuck you up. So uh, here I'm at my machine taking out whatever it was, 60, 80 bucks. I gave it to him. Uh, and I left running up, up, you know, up the street to get away from it. Uh, this guy started following me and said, did you buy licorice from this guy? And he was kind of scary, and I was running away, so I ran into the subway I'm amazed to avoid this guy. Because my story is going to totally correlate with yours. Okay, it's amazing. Right. So nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he says, was that licorice? And I thought, okay, he's talking drug lingo, licorice. Turns out, it was actual licorice. So... I was in the subway, I pulled it out of my pocket, and I spent probably 60 to $80 on licorice. Oh my god, okay, so that, yeah. wait, wait till you just... So I was threatened okay. with bodily harm, then chased, mm-hmm. I, I, I practically jumped the turnstile to get onto the subway, Let me ask this you. guy was following me, okay. and... Yeah. Okay, this is... Don't buy drugs downtown when you're 17 years old. Let me tell you something right now that's going to blow you away. Why did you do that licorice? Was it actual licorice? It was licorice. It wasn't hash. It was licorice mixed in with some other goop. So it was not hash. You did nothing, right? What did you do with it? I did not resell it. Did you throw it in the garbage? Yes. Did you ever partake in it? I could tell it was licorice and I lit some of it up. It didn't smell right. It was was junk. Let me tell you my story. And this is going to blow your mind, okay? So, yes, I too would buy cannabis downtown. And yeah, oftentimes it was hash. So, uh, the late lamented Sydney Stadium, a great place to see concerts. Uh, this was a concert of, to end all concerts. This was 1993, okay? Um, maybe, no, I think it was 93. The headliner was Neil Young backed by Booker T and the MGs. And the two opening acts were Soundgarden, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Holy crap. And I'm, a, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan to this day. I always have been and back then. So I was going for Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. I, I just thought Neil Young was this old fogey, you know, yeah. that I would see on much music, our version of MTV singing like um, This Note's For You mm-hmm. or American Dream with Crosby Stills and that. That was awful. Remember that yeah. one? American Dream. Nobody knows Don't know where you went, went wrong. Not a bit of you, we're young and strong, a bit of a dream. Uh, yeah, that was bad. Anyhow, turned to be the best concert of my life. Soundgarden kicked ass. It was right before the release of uh, Super Unknown, so at first I didn't even recognize them when they first came on stage because Chris Cornell had just cut his hair. I was like, well, who's that? But wait yeah. a second. And I didn't recognize the first few songs because they were from Super Unknown. And then the fourth song was Rusty Kitchen. I'm like, holy shit, that is Soundgarden. Then Pearl Jam. Then Neil Young. Okay? Neil Young blew me away to the point that I was almost like, Pearl who? Sound what? Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And it ended with Eddie Vedder and the late Chris Cornell coming out to join Neil for a a rendition of Rocket Free World, I almost had an orgasm. Yeah. Anyway, but how does this dovetail with your story? Well, when me and my old friend Jason Flynn, uh, my old best friend from high school, I don't mind having him on the podcast uh, at the moment, um, he would be like my concert goer buddy. And 
what we would do is we would spend, we'd make a day out of it. So the concert would usually start in the evening. Oh, somebody's being handed a criminal conviction. Yeah. Anyway. The movie is on, but we're really not talking about the movie. Well, that's cool. We're, we're, we're anecdotes, anecdotes. So, anyhow, um, where was I? Yeah, Jason Flynn. So we would make a day of epic concert. We would go down. We would go down. You know, concert starting in the evening. We would go down, get off the of floor, do the old, you know, head shop, record stores, all the stuff you want to do downtown, right? So we're walking down Young Street, and. Oh yeah, we go for like you know a cool lunch or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever you know. Then we would go to the concert. So this was on late August day. So I'm gonna skip a score. And then we're just walking the street, Daniel Street, and uh, Rastafarian all of a sudden stops us, and I'm wearing. I remember we're heading to Eden Center, we're heading to a mall, right? I was wearing a Pearl Jam shirt, so it goes, "Hey, man, this that's my." <laughs> Terrible racist, um, stereotypical Jamaican accent. Oh, it's bang on. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, man, you want, you're going to the concert? Then I'm stopping you at that this yeah, moment. Yeah. I said, yeah, I'm going to the goes. Man, Bill Hader is right in front of me. Huh? That's incredible. That is oh. a, what an impression. No, so, sorry, okay, go ahead. Of course, every Jamaican impression has to start with a hey, man, because that's how... Because every Jamaican you've ever met has said, hey, man. Uh, like, the hey, content, hey. you're, oh, my mortgage broker is a Jamaican. Hey, hey mom, mom, I get the yeah. mortgage. Like, that's awful. Let's end that right now. That's I'm hilarious. so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyhow, he asked if we want to buy some some hash. Sure. Unlike you, who spent 80 bucks, how much did you buy? Like an ounce or something or half an ounce? It wasn't even enough licorice yeah. for me to be, able to, to be able to snack on it. I said, I'd, I'd love to buy a gram of hash. Um, he says, okay, follow me. We walked down an alley. This is what I did, you know, me, my buddy, 14 years old, 15, I don't know, walking down an alley with a Jamaican man, broad daylight, he slips the product in my pocket, and I couldn't look at it, he asked me for 10 bucks, I gave him the 10 bucks, he walked away, right? So I bought 10 bucks worth of hash, okay? I pull the thing out of my pocket, it's wrapped in saran wrap, was yours wrapped in saran wrap? Yeah. I open it up. I look at it, I sniff it, I go, I turn to Jason, I go, Jason, this is fucking licorice. Holy shit. The story continues. Hmm. We just got ripped off. We just spent $10 on licorice. Now, when I'm 14, 10 bucks is a lot of money to me. It still is. Yeah. I said, Jason, this better be the best goddamn piece of licorice you've ever eaten in your life. I tore it in half, I ate half, Jason ate half, right? Many hours passed. We went to the concert. While Neil was playing Uncle Neil, at one point I, I ran out of cigarettes. We were allowed to smoke cigarettes during concerts back then. Yeah. I went outside. I was allowed to leave and go back. I went out and bought a smoke. I came back. I gave Jason a cigarette. I pulled out one for myself. I said, Jason, you, are you okay? You don't look all right. He was sprawled on the seat <laughs> in a near field position, deathly white. I lit up my cigarette. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not feeling too good either. What the fuck is going on here? In fact, I even felt like, like spider webs. Where I was, I was enshrouded in spider webs. And later on, when I got to, when I spoke to Jay, Jason, he said he felt the same feeling. What, dude? It was real hash. Huh. We, we ate it. We each ate a half a gram of licorice. It was licorice that was infused with hash. Wow. And so, it was. But we were so fucked when it finally kicked in and it took about eight or nine hours to kick in because we ate this shit 
it was like we were so high. And when that concert ended and Neil was doing Rock in the Free World, we were both like, it was like watching God. So that's how high we were. Yeah. And that high lasted hours and hours. We were spent, we were feeling those spider webs for three, six, seven, eight hours. So that is amazing. Does that not blow your mind? That, oh, wow. It was probably the same guy selling it. Yeah. And we both thought it was licorice. But I ate it. Well, at I, least yours wasn't. Well, well, at least yours had stuff in, in no, addition to No, but I think yours licorice. was the same. Mine was you the think? same. My mine was so licorice-like that I too thought I got ripped off. Oh my god! And I said, Jason, for ten bucks, this has got to be the best piece of licorice you've ever eaten. Here's half. Eat it. Jesus. So it was half. You bought half. So you half. mean to to tell me I threw out sixty dollars? <laughs> yes. What I'm telling you is I met the same seller as you. Was your guy Jamaican? Yes, but why would... Uh, yes. Yeah. You so you threw out hash. Oh, my I, Lord. That's, been, that's quite a revelation. I, I, that's why I say we're blowing your mind. So, so why was this guy chasing me, asking me about licorice? Is it my, in my mind, he was... He was saying that you're buying fake stuff from this I- idiot. Why don't you buy some from me? He Maybe sells licorice. Because can... licorice was not slang for weed. No, it wasn't. I know. So, uh, in like, fact, when he when he came up to me... And I it, ate some of it, he, and it did nothing for me. Well, he called it Jamaican gum. I don't know. It just sounds like a coincidence. It's too much of a coincidence that I bought something that I also Now, if you have was... a three-card Monty story of getting duped and, and, and as well, then my mind will really be blown. It's, no, no. It's just too much of a coincidence that I, too, bought mind you only a gram thinking it was licorice and I then came to realize wow. much of my almost a grapes I ate it that it was actual pure hash that's and crazy I'm, well, and I'm wondering if that might have happened to you as well oh my god well, but the main point still <laughs> this is a very very lengthy uh, uh, protracted tangent but the thrill of sourcing it even that I mean to get threatened with bodily harm is kind of interesting uh, but uh, it's sorry, certainly remind- like f- finding finding it is interesting, and when you buy it from the government, mm-hmm. it, it really it sucks the the mojo and the mystique out of it. Mm. I don't even think the government really should be selling booze. Like we're in a unique jurisdiction where the province of Ontario sells beer, wine, and spirits in in government-run stores, which is uh, anathema in any, anywhere in Europe and most of the U.S. Mm. So that's really weird. Like they can tax it. It's going to be rife with problems when it comes down the pipe because inevitably the government stuff won't be up to snuff uh, to you know to coin a couplet here Wait, is this rhyming couplet weed? this is good weed but this is medicinal stuff but I mean you know oh, you that the, the government will stuff, not be okay. able to know what they're doing I mean there's that old joke about uh, if the government ran the desert they'd run out of sand so who knows what their stupid like rollout is going to be they have a website where you can buy it it's from been, the no, government no. see that's the whole thing with legalization like Justin Trudeau came through with his promise we're going to legalize cannabis, but it was done in such a hackneyed way with the you know, provincial jurisdictions of how they want to sell it. And here in Ontario, it's a clusterfuck. Yeah, it's, they, Ontario is not ready for legalization. Now the only place you can it's it's worse now. It's more regulated than it was before. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, well, maybe some of your students are going to come to class baked, and what are you going to do about it? Is oh, one of these oh, weird? Oh. If they don't already, maybe they I don't want to cast aspersions. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah. you're a very good teacher, I, but yeah.
just um, I got an email on Friday. They're really angry at me because I'm also a cigarette smoker. Mm -hmm. They're going to a totally smoke-free campus. Ugh. Just to, just to avoid the issue altogether. Interesting. So now I'm gonna have to go across the street to some like you know public property to smoke my cigarettes. Well, that's that's weird because with greater see uh, and permissiveness exactly. comes greater uh, uh, regulations. Yeah. So and I mm -hmm. thought that was kind of interesting because here the the province deemed fit to legislate, when they first legislated smoking out of bars, they said you can do it provided the the establishment has a smoking room for mm -hmm. your cigarette and cigar patrons. And then these people invested twenty to thirty thousand dollars into their uh, and and only to be told two years later that there's a smoke free environment which so everywhere so now else became no smoking, no yeah. smoking. and so it's getting I, I would say that that's unconscionable so they're going to force you right off the property entirely yeah. you can't even smoke in a parking lot or anything nothing that is wild <coughs> you gotta remember i would never ever ever smoke cannabis on the job I, right yeah i would never have i would never smoke before I did it, I think, maybe a couple times yeah. when I was like 25. It's stupid, uh, embarrassing. Mm -hmm. like, I would never do that. Yeah. Yeah. I would, if my someone's going to have to teach a class at 3.30, by the time I get home it's 8 o'clock, I have to abstain the whole day because I'm not, you know, going to ever come to class with any cannabis in my system unless it was from the night before, you know, but never on the job. So it, it doesn't bother me because, oh my God, I can't smoke cannabis on on campus, I never did before. It bothers me as a smoker that because of this new freedom, now they want to get rid of it. So now they're trying to get rid of it. And they're even saying that they want to help us by giving us links to smoking cessation methods and so on. We're not even allowed to vape on campus. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, see, that dovetails nicely with the cessation of, of they're, they're even cra uh, cracking down on vape uh, places and uh, those hookah bars too, which yeah. I thought, I mean, that I, it's a stretch to say that secondhand smoke causes cancer. Uh, it's even bigger stretch to say that you would be adversely uh, affected by some pernicious whatever, supposedly hookah smoke. Give mm -hmm. me an effing break. And those poor, like, that seemed like to be an interesting thing to be able to experience. I've never been to a hookah restaurant. I would have liked to have gone. Like, what yeah. a great thing. Like, unique. Well, basically, you cannot emit any form of mist you out better, of your mouth. You, yeah, you better be on fire if you're emitting smoke. You got it. So, yeah, that freedom has been taken away from me. So, I'm, I'm, I vape and smoke, and I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to have to, in my 15-minute break between classes, I'm going to have to run across the street, risk getting hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm complying with the regulations. Um, so, as far as my students come my class stoned, some do, some don't. That's their prerogative, you know. Um, so I think uh, for all of, uh, for, this would have had me uh, just shouting it from the rafters if this happened 10, 15 years ago, this announcement, because this, uh, this prohibition and this libertarianism was an obsession of mine. I'd be writing these stupid papers when I was 17, and they were actually very smart papers. I remember you wrote I was a proven, paper on, I was, I was in proven, law class, grade yeah. 12 law class, on law class. And, the and legalization of cannabis. It's, just, and there, it's, it's so fraught with many issues, and mostly it's going to be my biggest objection 
is the employment part where you're going to have people who maybe can't be fired who show up and smoke a joint in the office or do all sorts of things because it's uh, be, be, they're no, treated no, no, like being more no, libertine about but, it. But at the same time, they have to see the way that what the law states now is that you could smoke cannabis anywhere you could smoke a cigarette. And you know our, our cigarette laws are quite draconian, right? So you can't walk into a, an office and light a cigarette, and it's the same with a joint. No, but you can't. Like you can go to lunch and have a, a sort of a pseudo Don Draper liquid lunch. See, I've never had a have, liquid lunch. Well, I'm no, like always have, sober as a judge at work. Well, you can always. have one beer at lunch. You can, you do, but I've never done it. But you could be not. I don't think it's you, right. It's not right, but you could be not impaired legitimately, as you would not be impaired by a glass of wine or and anything. And you can smoke with, one joint and not be impaired. Yes. No, well, that that's to varying. No one gets drunk on one glass of wine to you the get, same extent. There's a small buzz. You, get, you know, uh, you, you, know how to you would have to be a very seasoned, daily pothead to not get a little baked off. But anyway, the, the employer would not be able to dismiss them. Like Towling in South Park. You can't dismiss an employee for being uh, for smoking one joint, potentially. Well, anyway, the legislation you is can. fraught. Because you could dismiss an employee for drinking one beer if you smell alcohol in their breath and suspect that they're coming back to work inebriated, and one beer is considered inebriation well, to an employer. Is that they considered inebriation? They don't even know if we have the the booze thing down pat. Like, you know, one beer on 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 the job is not a big deal. I I worked outside a construction okay, site imagine, and there imagine, was a construction worker smoking a J. Like, how bad is that? And you know what they say? You know, they, you know what they say in my dispensary that I or one of the dispensaries I used to go to. That some of their their biggest clientele in the morning is construction workers. Oh boy! Every construction worker is high, works high. Wow! And he says they all prefer indica, not sativa, which we just smoked by the Jesus. way. Jesus! Well, I was just thinking uh, at, at Union Station, our main transport mm -hmm. hub, a piece of concrete fell on this woman who's suing. Now I'm like, oh my god! I don't want my uh, my contractors working on a hundred foot condo to be in the bag, but hell, I've seen them drink beers too. Okay, but what the, what I'm saying to you is that most, not every, I think I mean, that's hyperbolic, but that. I really um, hope your dispensary worker was under the influence of the, this kind of uh, conjecture, yeah. but we'll, we'll see. Oh my god. That's... And, and why they, one reason why they do it, I think, is because it's, it's an integral labor, but it's also very repetitive labor. And it just makes the day go by a little bit funner or faster. Oh, Jesus, I hear that. Oh my god. So what's going on here? <laughs> okay, this movie's about to end in a minute, and we haven't talked about it one <laughs> iota. One lick. Mm. Well, well, the police have been dispatched in full force, so this is obviously like uh, t taking this uh, problem seriously. This is a, this is a rather aggressive, uh, heavy-handed uh, approach to law enforcement. So if you could say that there's any negative to the consumption of cannabis is that it makes one want to be a little bit more introspective and maybe chatty with their company. Because we've watched movies and commentated once before for yeah. Planet Night from Outer Space. This time around, we were more interested in our anecdotes and stories. I think, okay, Judge's Chamber, somebody's going to be handed down a very heavy sentence right now. For the, I don't care. Anyway, no, this is cool. Like I, 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 I'm, I like to listen to these stories. Yeah, it's well. If there, there's no better form for it than here, that's certainly not a, you know, a topic we broach when we discuss horror, particularly. 
so all the negatives, uh, what well, we discussed the positives, it's uh, medicinal, if you want to use the euphemism, it makes people feel good. Uh, it gives people an appetite. The negatives, I would say, it's probably, yeah, a little, people get introspective, they maybe lose a little bit of motivation. I feel like I could have earned a scholarship in high school had I not uh, been turning to this, but in my defense there was uh, a little bit of a scandal and also in my school which uh, made me change schools that was a, a, um, a uh, sex abuse scandal although not the one you typically expect this was a, a chemistry teacher who was preying on female exchange students and uh, he was the supposed to be the exchange student advisor who would help wow. uh, help uh, acclimatize uh, European students to the Canadian experience and he ended up uh, being doing time for a statutory uh, kind of thing there so he was uh, hooked up with a 16 year old and this caused a big to do in our school and this stressed out a lot of us uh, who previously quite liked this teacher so we were hitting the weed really hard and we had a bunker that we went to it was like this uh, half constructed I don't know what it was uh, concrete thing and we would go there and, and smoke and almost daily and I developed a lot of bad habits uh, just relying solely off, off my smarts in lieu of uh, the nose to the grindstone work ethic and I coasted through school based on being smart but it, 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 it detracted from my ability to keep uh, focused so that's that's a major debit and I would hope they would be able to keep it away from kids because I was too young when I started okay. and uh, you were too and it caused a lot of problems. Yeah, I mean, now I'm a, I'm a total proponent of waiting until the age of 18 um, to smoke weed. What's the uh, what's the law? The legal. Uh, there are different ages according to province. So in Ontario, it's in Ontario, it's going to be 19, and I think uh, different provinces have lobbied for a higher age, based on uh, what Just we know from I, neuroscience I really, about neural development, neuroplasticity. You know, I yeah. really believe in that, and I think that the brain really needs to be fully formed because I'm also. Afraid if you start consuming it too young, you can also develop. You're more at risk of developing, for example. And I think for me, this might have happened. That a lot of my mental illness, anxiety, it triggered a mental illness, it, it, which it, is well established exactly. in the literature. Yeah. yeah, I feel that my anxiety and depression was triggered by my cannabis use as a way too young. And and uh, regardless of what people say, that is not a gateway. And uh, anecdotally, I know that it is because we all did more drugs of different types after doing this. So not that that's necessarily a bad thing yeah, because we're risk takers yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And we all gambled. Yeah. We all uh, liked but driving that, fast. Like it's more, a dopamine rush. It didn't more, matter. I think that's more experimentation than a direct causation of having one joint. Oh, I need to try heroin now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so I don't. It's not a gateway. That was just us being kids and teenagers. I will say another debit is paranoia, and I'll tell you why. I am slightly paranoid right now. Because in the midst of this um, discussion, I'm like, holy shit, 40 minutes ago, I just disclosed that I have MS. And that's something I've never, ever wanted to disclose. Yeah, I, I did previously, and we edited it out. Yes. And yeah. now I've done it because, A, my inhibitions were lower, ergo I did it, and now the, the paranoia is singing, like, oh my god, I did it. So I could tell you right now, Chris, edit it out, but I'm telling you, don't. Keep it in. Well, if, if you want to go down that road, uh, you also mentioned your employer. So I know. Uh, but at least, uh, I mean, I'm really, we're, we're, we're open books for the most part. And if no, you, no, but hold on, hold on. If you I, go to reallyawfulmovies.com, like, it's not hard to figure out who the hell we are, really. I mean, okay. But I also want you just to snip out the name of my employer. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. 
Seriously? Okay, uh, a little game here. Yeah, listeners might be able to pick it up. Or will they? We'll leave it up to you. Okay, I may not. Okay, I'll cut it out. If Possibly. you can. If, I know if you, if you happen to come across it. Mm-hmm. And I keep this in too like this we have these sure. yeah. we have these conversations when we're talking when we refer to the podcast yeah oh shit I can't believe I said that let's edit this out oh shit that guy looks like Vincent Christ which one on the left this is a great speech I have to go he's throwing the book at them he is, and I have, I, I have to, I would never do this if we weren't stolen, but like, I would say pause the recording. I gotta go take care of a okay. human need, so can you, All right. or you can just let it go. Let it go. Yeah. Don't, don't stop it, that's what yeah. I'm saying, because we're okay. stoned, don't stop it. All right. Just let it go, and would you be able to speak uh, a little to our listeners while I'm gone? I'm sure. sure. I can. Yeah. Sure. I'll be back shortly. Yeah, this is a unique uh, experiment. Uh, I haven't enjoyed the or talk and watch uh, experience as much as I have with other podcasts and other video casts, uh, except for maybe research purposes. So it's not maybe my favorite format, but considering that this uh, movie is so breathtakingly, stiltingly pedestrian and banal, you can't help but, like, there's really no plot to this thing. It's just a, uh, uh, demonizing the demon weed, and then a big crackdown, panic, moral panic spread out, the authority figures sound the alarm, uh, the judge comes in and the gavel goes down, and uh, order is restored from disorder. So there's really not much to talk about, but uh, we thought if, if there was any movie where you could possibly get away with this format, it's this, because this this has a wafer-thin plot, and it's more really about the phenomenon of marijuana and how it's been depicted and how it was, it's been treated for the last 120 years, uh, stigmatized along with the users who uh, indulged in it. So they, these were uh, newcomers, immigrants, uh, jazz musicians, people on the fringes, the demi-monde, uh, the, the, uh, the bohemians, the people who lived on the fringe, on the perimeter. These were the people who were stigmatized for doing this. So this, this drug has had an association with, uh, with vice and lasciviousness, and that's almost well-earned. It's been 140 years since this is, has been treated like this. So it just goes to show that within one generation, there's been a complete about-face in how we treat the devil's weed, which is really interesting to live through it, and which is why myself, as a, as a dyed-in-the-wool anti-pothead, actually stopped by for one of these 420 demonstrations and lent my, if not overt and tacit support by being there and, and ending up on camera. I, I, I'm glad this legislation went through, although I think it's gonna, it should have gone through way more amendments and Senate reading, uh, you know, changes to it because there it's fraught with problems mm-hmm. and I would like to keep it out, out of the hands of kids and I want to see some structure in place so that employers aren't held liable for stupidity and mis, misdeeds done in, in the act. Uh, but it, I mean, it is bizarre now because I mean, have you seen these? By the way, um, when I was in the facilities using a little boys' room, I heard you sort of summarizing the movie, and yeah, then, which has just come to an you end. Did yeah. a great job. I Thank mean, you. I just want to say kudos. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's a 
it's weird now. It's a weird climate. Like, I don't know where things are going. You know, we see these commercials on TV with these really pat reasons. Why did the government choose to legalize cannabis? A, because we want to do this. B, because we want to... Well, ultimately, it's because they want to make money. Yeah. Let's, let's call... Let's sure. call yeah, it like why not? the way yeah. it is. You legalize cannabis, you tax it, right? Just like they do with alcohol. They're going to make money. This is an economic boon to Canada. We're going to get pot tourists coming here. Yeah. For yeah. better or for worse. I, I mean, uh, Amsterdam, they're having a hell of a problem with that. And because I did not see one Dutch person smoke when I was in the bull, whatever, Bulldog Cafe in downtown Amsterdam, whatever the ones tourists go to. But I, I'm not sure if we're... Another, I, I guess we could always say that we live beside this, uh, a neighbor with very draconian rules surrounding but, intoxicants. They can't drink till they're 21. Okay, but they on, come to not, border cities to get liquored up I know. when they're 19. I know, but so, let, me, let me just say what, how this new legislation will affect us that way. Mm -hmm. When we cross the border, we are going to be, it's going to expect it to take an hour longer than it did before because every Canadian is going to be scrutinized like never before. Because now they want to reject us based on the fact that we're all potheads. Yeah. So they have the right to ask you if you've ever tried pot. And if you say yes, they have the right to reject you on that and that alone. So it's going to be very, very long. Well, that's, that's where you're going to need to invest in one of these uh, frequent traveler swipe cards. Yeah, that gets you ahead of the line, and I uh, forget what it is. It has some highfalutin name, like the Matrix Pass, or I don't know what it is, and you can just go back and forth. Nexus, That's the Nexus, Nexus Pass. Yeah, the Matrix. No, no, those Nexus Passes, <laughs> I was looking into it, you have to still talk to customs. You can't, you can't. You, you can't. Oh, yeah, I guess because then There's people no would just sign it. up and then just smuggle hard stuff. Mm. Uh, th this morning when I woke up, it's pretty funny. Oh, I just want to... So I'm not saying that I ever um, would want to go into the States with carrying my medicine with me, for me it really is medicine. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying it's going to be harsher and yeah, if you know, the next time you cross the border, if you are asked about cannabis, plead the fifth. That's yeah, for saying. sure. Uh, I was saying just this morning when I woke up, I put on the TV just to figure out what time it was. I was just in a stupor and there's some lifestyle show at the kind of thing where they should have, give you home decor tips and show you how to cook a salmon. And in this segment, they had four weed experts. This is a family show. And they had this uh, woman <laughs> talking about how many grams you can, you can keep on your person before you're considered a trafficker. Oh so my it's God. like 32. I'm, and no, she, it's 30. I'm legally 30, allowed to carry 15, 30. 30. Okay, so, yeah. so you have this journalist on there <laughs> and, and a panel, and she's holding these containers. And this, she says, this is about as much. And then she's talking about how you can fly. You can fly with this stuff uh, intra- Canada, Canada yeah. yeah, and I thought, man, what a world! If you look, like, it, I, would you ever fly with <laughs> weed in your suitcase to go to Vancouver or something? I know it would blow your freaking mind I, to treat I was, it like a like a bottle of, uh, uh, you know, something you get from the duty free, like a bottle <laughs> of scotch. Like you have a pound of weed in your bag or whatever. Like yeah. what in the hell? I've been advised for my uh, medicinal weed that um, I keep it in the original container because it has a prescription label on it with the doctor's name and everything so they say just like you would any other prescription medicine that's how you will with your uh with your cannabis wow so we live in a very interesting world here not here in canada right now we're in the precipice of who who knows what it's i honestly think it's gonna be a clusterfuck and it's gonna get a lot weirder before it gets better
Yeah, and, and, and maybe enjoy it while we can in case the pendulum swings with some like more authoritarian type government or, well, the or if government, it just goes bad. Yeah. It could go bad for the uh, for all the right reasons and you could just change the laws back if things get too crowded. Or it could be like Colorado or Oregon or some of the states that uh, have legalized marijuana and it found to be nothing but a boon. You know, they've had some growing pains but they managed to... <laughs> Very well done. Yeah. But they, but yeah. they, it's yeah. I mean, well, I, I always like a good pun. I'm sorry. I really, really, no, I, I like really dig that. I dig that. Yeah. I, I don't, what pun did I say? Never mind. It's obviously we we've been you know. I said, I, I said was it growing pain? Yeah, exactly. Did growing I, weed. Uh, that's a really, not even good joke, sir. Like that's a bad. It wasn't pun. even a good joke. Yeah, that's, that's like the worst yeah. pun I've ever. I, it's I, true. I wouldn't even consider it a pun. I no. would fail if you if you put that as an answer on a reading test. Is growing pain considered a pun? Yes. You failed. No, I thought um, it was pretty good. It's going to... No. I mean, things will come out of the wash. And it's going to take about three or four more years until everything is sort of stabilized and harmonized in terms of where and what and how and everything. And I think once our CCBO stores open up, which may be two years down the, in the, down the road... Yeah, as it stands now, you can only buy from an online source. And this has caused a lot of uh, friction between government and and uh, dispensaries that were opening up all over the place and selling popping up, up like weeds yeah yeah no selling yeah they're selling stuff illegally so they've been getting shut down like crazy now and they're going like why I have a license as a legal no, product no, right no 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 like I'll, okay I don't want to get into uh, why they're shutting down because I would have talked about Doug Ford and it's. It's well, they there were there was a cottage industry growing around these shops in in anticipation of the yeah. law changing. Yeah. Well, Doug Ford now wants it to be privatized, because when I said CCBO earlier, that was the prior provincial government, the Liberal government, legislative body, um, Cannabis Control Board of Ontario. <laughs> Just now I can't, I can't get over now. That. I, uh, sorry, you, that is unbelievable. The I, Cannabis Control Board of Ontario. Like, I feel like I'm living in a time warp. In a twilight like, zone. It really is. It's bewildering. Like, but imagine if we were if this happened 20 years ago, we'd be dancing in the streets. Yeah, yeah. Now we're just kind of confused and like <laughs> befuddled. You know? We're grumpy, uh, stoned old men. I guess so. Yeah. Mm. Well, as I said, we uh, we reached the conclusion of our discussion. I think of uh, 1936s. Uh, you know, seminal, uh, you know, cautionary tale of, of drug-induced uh, frenetic piano uh, noodling. Like, that's all yeah. that really happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Uh, star rating? <laughs> does it, does it, does well, it, it's interesting. That, so they, uh, they went, <laughs> they went uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Over this reefer no. cigarettes. See, no pun intended. Puffs. Yeah, yeah, and then they're not even your own puns. No, And they're all the while going hog wild to a bunch of jazz music. And we we talked about this in our DOA podcast, which the, one of the pivotal scenes in that movie was an incredible concert. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so funny how perceptions of both weed and jazz have been completely upturned. Yeah. They're both like the wildness, and oh, you're you're turning to the reefer. You're 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 a bohemian. You're some boho. You're on the fringes. See, I but now want... now you have like sixty year old people listening to the sedate, boring jazz at a club, and yeah. they're well heeled people of means who have piles of money. It's not the young people's music anymore. 
And All it's I funny how the, the two have is that jazz music is the reason why we was criminalized in the first place. And I, I don't want it. That, yeah, yeah. Because, no, you're right. Yeah, you know that, right? It's the people on the wrong side of the tracks who yep. were treated, you know, badly, and they didn't want to. They were keeping a clamp down on. It was order. It was order. Exactly. It was the I mean, jazz is pure chaos. The reason why cannabis was criminalized in the first place was racism and nothing but, and mm-hmm. it had really had nothing to do with its hallucinogenic properties, which you know they claim it to have. But yeah, well, it took it took it was established to... professional white collar people to give it its imprim, imprimator, imprimatur, whatever the word is, uh, in the '60s and '70s to say, yeah, we could be smart and do this, and then gradually, as the boomers aged and it became. Uh, accepted in Woodstock and the hippie times and again it's it's and your yeah, parents course, dad yeah, will it, smoke it now it's it's, it's a cliche and a and suburban of course, cliche the late 70s and 80s it was you know, going strong with Cheech and Chong yeah you know and now they they reference it on the Simpsons all the time and everybody see I knew nothing about weed until I was like like I believed everything I was told about it how bad it really was now like kids at the age of 12 14 they know about you know a pax vaporizer buy yeah. it it's the best one it's it's a new world man and we we're just getting older and we're we're sort of like it's it's funny you usually the back in the day back in my day mm-hmm. you would uh you would boast you'd be so full of bo- boastful uh you know energy about how things were so much more challenging in that but back in the day of those people, the weed was weaker as well. So we're getting much more potent now, yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. as I think uh, I think I think I experienced today during this movie. Is I'm not I'm a monthly smoker. You're a daily one. You smoke way less than me. We just got we yeah. we, we have different tolerances, <laughs> and I, I was uh, pretty much unable to make use of uh, you know my lower extremities. Let's say <laughs> after smoking that. So yeah, Jesus. I mean. It's how do we accommodate the physiological changes and how we continue to learn more about how the brain and neuroplasticity, how young brains are affected during development. We're, there's a lot we don't know, and for all we know, maybe 25 is the age where it should be legal. It's it's a, such a it's a can of worms. Well, another, one, another cool thing about legalization is that now it can be um, researched. Um, I don't know. I, well, it'd be easier to get grants. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Maybe they'll find some cool shit. Plus, I also invest in cannabis stocks, so that's another thing. I mean, yep. I've, I've made a made bit. some green. Yeah. What I said to you last week, like I'm out. I'm not out. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I can't get out just yet. So, um, I, the last week has been rough. I've lost a bit of money, but I'm I'm still in, Chris. I want to make more money. I, I'm making money off weed. How that, that blows your mind? Isn't that blows my mind? Yeah. The business reporter on breakfast television talking about weed stocks. Canopy Growth uh, didn't meet their uh, uh, targets for the uh, quarter. Dude, like, I, can- I, like this, this is a company that grows weed. I sold They've- Canopy before it went up $40 in like two days. I've learned the ins and outs of the stock market through I don't cannabis. think stoners should be left to their own devices uh, playing the stock market. But no, but it's enough. hilarious because I knew shit all about the stock market before, and I, before um, I started investing in willy-nilly in these cannabis stocks now after about almost a year in, in the stock market I've, I know so much about the stock market I can sit down with any 
base street executive and talk the stock market that's good to and know. i learned it through experience through cannabis yeah, it's stocks. good because i was just going to ask you about price to earnings ratios and EBITDA earnings and uh no no never mind okay, I don't this know is heavy duty stuff know. here yeah. Yeah, we're, we're maybe we should do wall street next uh anyway uh this film has come to an end i think we've got a good we've reached a good point to wrap up our discussions uh i can finally uh, get up off the sofa which is good uh and but it it's, was interesting to visit this yeah, film. Yeah, so start writing, forget it. Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no dispense point. with any structure as per the ethos and mandate of the show. A unique episode. Uh, right, back to regular scheduled, relatively sober, uh, yeah. beer infused wine glass infused podcast that you've come to know and hopefully love so mm-hmm. check out new uh, episodes of the really awful movies podcast every friday for your listening enjoyment and we'll talk to you soon take care mm-hmm.